Where words fail, music speaks. These words, penned by the Danish fairy tale author Hans Christian Andersen, capture the feeling that music has the power to express something more than language. Indeed, many have called music the, quote, universal language, transcending our regular everyday speech. Now, sure, music has the power to evoke our emotions, to paint vivid soundscapes, or to bring us together through a shared rhythm and beat. But does it really speak? Can it insult you? Can it tell a joke? Could a melody alone ask you for money or a cold beer? Find out what happens when music speaks. McPherson, Associate Professor of Linguistics at Dartmouth College. As a linguist, I'm interested in language with a capital L, this amazing gift for communication that makes us human. Every human society on Earth is guaranteed to have at least two things in common, language and music. My work in this podcast investigates the center of this Venn diagram, musical surrogate languages. We are born primed for language. Whether spoken or signed, babies acquire these incredibly complex systems without any formal instruction. They don't need to be taught how to speak. Exposed to language in their environment, they just do it. Linguistics is the scientific study of how this happens, what those subconscious systems of rules look like, and how this varies, or not, from language to language. Writing is a different story. Many of us feel like writing is inseparable from language, or maybe it's even the best or most elevated form of language. But writing is a recent invention, just a few thousand years old. The vast majority of human beings who have lived and died never wrote a single word and likely couldn't even conceive of the notion that a series of squiggles on papyrus or scratches in clay could transmit messages. It would have seemed like magic. Even today, most of the world's 7,000 or so languages remain unwritten. People speak face-to-face, or now with mobile technology, it's possible to send audio messages from one person to another. But what if there were other ways, other than scribbles and scratches, to encode messages? What if we could use music? Faso, formerly known as Upper Volta, a West African country about the size of Nevada and home to over 60 languages, nearly all unwritten until the last century and most still unwritten today. Since 2013, I have been working to document one of these unwritten languages, called Senku, spoken by the Sambla ethnicity in the southwest of the country. Even for a linguist, it's a challenge to write Senku down. It has a lot of vowel sounds, where both how long you hold the vowel and whether or not it is nasalized can make a difference in meaning. But most challenging of all, senku is tonal, meaning that the pitch of a word or syllable can completely change its meaning. For instance, ga means ground, 
ga means wood, and ga means dry. We'll look more in depth at Senku's tones and how these translate to music in a future episode, but suffice it to say, reading and writing these different pitch contours can be quite difficult. So rather than represent them visually, the samba have developed an ingenious way of reproducing them musically. Combined with the rhythm of the language, this allows musicians to send messages or speak to their audience without ever opening their mouths. After all, it would be rude of a musician to ask for money of his audience, but if the instrument itself asks for it, well, then you can't refuse. The instrument the samba use most often for this purpose is the balafone, a kind of resonator xylophone. We've heard the balafone a couple of times this episode, first in the intro music from the samba balafone grandmaster Mamadou Jabate and Percussion Mania, and most recently in its more traditional form and tuning. Samba music is rarely what we would call, quote, instrumental, i.e. devoid of words, even if no one is singing with their mouths. The rich proverbial lyrics are sung on the bars of the instrument, and the performance is punctuated by direct communication between the soloist and audience members. The balafone says, Madu, son of Gogol, excuse me, come here quickly and give me a thousand francs. Upon hearing this phrase, Madu's ears would perk up, and he may either enter into a discussion with the balafonist, or, knowing that his honor is on the line in front of the crowd who have heard the request for a thousand francs, he may pull out a crumpled bill and stick it to the forehead of the balafonist, who will then play blessings in return. This is an example of a musical surrogate language, a communication system that takes linguistic content and transforms it into music. The musical notes and rhythms now stand directly for the sounds and words of language. Music literally is speaking. These musical communication systems are just one subtype of what have been called speech surrogates. Others include whistled languages, like the whistled Spanish of the Canary Islands, and writing. So, as exotic as speech surrogates may seem at first glance, we are all fluent in one already. It just happens to be visual rather than musical. Musical surrogate languages like the samba balafone are found all over the world on a wide range of instruments. From flutes in the Amazon to jaw harps in Vietnam, humans have time and time again invented these alternative forms of communication. The reasons for doing so are as diverse as the societies that use them. For some, the goal is long-distance communication, with the loud rhythms of hollowed-out logs sending announcements for miles around. For others, the musical sounds are more intimate, masking messages meant for a beloved. In still other cases, the words are not intended for the living, but rather for the spirits of those who have passed on. My current research, supported by the National Science Foundation, is to document this incredible diversity of traditions, many of which are highly endangered. The disappearance of these traditions is a pretty big loss. Beyond being an important part of a culture's oral traditions and a fascinating display of human ingenuity, musical surrogate languages may hold the key to understanding the rules that govern a language's sound patterns and what speakers know about these rules. It's my goal to record as many traditions as possible, analyze just how it is that the music is able to transmit messages, and to share what I find with you. This podcast takes us on a journey through the world of musical surrogate languages. Through interviews, travelogues, and research spotlights, we'll explore questions like, how do people learn to communicate musically? What kinds of instruments are used in different parts of the world? 
What role does the speech surrogate play in society, and who has the right to play it or to understand it? How does the brain process musical surrogate languages? Because these practices tie into so many fields of research and aspects of human culture, they're a great lens to learn about all sorts of things, from linguistics to travel tips for the next time you find yourself in Ouagadougou. I hope you'll come along for the ride. When Music Speaks comes from the National Science Foundation. Our theme music is Saya Tefali by Mamadou Jabate and Percussion Mania. Samba Balafone clips were recorded by Bert Gregory of Lighthouse Sound, Inc. Subscribe to stay up to date or share this podcast with a friend. To learn more about musical surrogate languages, visit our website at speechsurrogates.org. I'm Laura McPherson, and I'll see you next time on When Music Speaks.